So what is the most, like, deadly animal on a safari? I've heard that it's a hippopotamus. The hippos are pound for pound probably the most dangerous. Yeah. The Cape buffalo um, oh. are aggressive. Or rhinos. Rhinos. Okay. Oh, there's a lot out there. <laughs> I think the, the takeaway is have a trusted guide. Exactly. <laughs> This is Admissible. I'm Natalie Blazer, Dean of Admissions at UVA Law. My guest today is first-year law student Tommy Whiteley. Tommy graduated from Brown University in 2022 with a degree in political science and received his Master of Science in Global Governance and Diplomacy from the University of Oxford in 2023. Prior to beginning law school, Tommy worked on political campaigns and spent time as a safari guide in Kenya, which I am definitely going to ask about more later in the show. Welcome to the show, Tommy. Thank you so much for having me. So listeners may remember that last year, the Public Interest Law Association, or PILA, as it is more commonly known, reached out to me and asked if I would auction off a guest spot on Admissible to help raise money for their summer grant program which supports our law students working in public service. Well, last year, of course, I agreed that public service um, summer grant supported me in law school. I really wanted to um, pay it forward. That resulted in our now graduate, Jeremy Cass. He graduated in the class of 2023. Jeremy came on the show and shared his love of tax law, which was a super fun episode. If you didn't listen to that one yet, definitely go back and check out season two, episode two. Well, this fall, Pila reached out to me again to auction off a guest spot, and I absolutely could not say no to such a good cause. So that is how Tommy got in the guest chair today through the Pila auction. Um, So before we get into the topic of today's show, I need to know, Tommy, what possessed you to bid on a guest spot on the podcast? Yeah, so the first episode of Admissible came out right around when I was uh, doing the LSAT for the first time. And so I listened to it then, and I have not missed an episode since. I'm just, I am a big fan of the podcast, and uh, I have continued listening to it after (laughs) having been admitted. That makes me so happy and how perfect timing because the very first episode was about the LSAT. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It all comes full circle. I love that. Oh, and going to a good cause. And now you're here. That's so great. That's so great. Um, So before we get into sort of our theme for today, I want to do an icebreaker. Um, Where is your favorite place to go out to eat in Charlottesville? I am partial to Continental Divide. Oh my God, the, my favorite. It's just, that <laughs> is fantastic. I love going there. Wow. Uh, the Santa Fe enchilada, oh, gotta yeah. go with that. It's very good margaritas. It's Red just Hot an, Blues. Yes, yeah. Yes. It's all really good. And then I do have to give a shout out to Tacos Gomez, which is a yes, food truck, truck. And it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I have friends in my section who are from Texas and they've testified to how good the food is so that's a yeah that's a resounding endorsement in my book i've never had tacos gomez but i've had continental divide i mean that's that's been around since i was a student yeah i've probably of all the places in charlottesville i think i can safely say i've eaten it what i call condi um um, probably way more than any other restaurant yeah if i ever see you there 
I'll say hello. Yeah. Okay. I'm really excited about the theme of today's show, which Tommy and I kind of came up with after some brainstorming. Um, I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to. And the topic is really, you know, embracing uncertainty in the law school application process, in law school, in life, um, in admissions. I, you know, the first thing I said when I came to the studio today is this is really resonating with me because admissions right now is very uncertain just in the big picture and also as we're trying to build a class. Um, This cycle in particular is exceptionally slow. Um, It's been a big sort of upheaval, I think, for applicants and admissions offices with the Supreme Court decision, U.S. news rankings, um, just so many factors have made it so that we're moving really slowly, which I think is difficult for applicants in what is already an uncertain process. So before we kind of get into that, I want to talk about your path to law school. Like, Tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, so I arrived at the decision to apply to law school um, after a series of different passions sort of led me there. So I had always grown up, I think every kid grows up with a passion for animals. um, And then that kind of fades away. And for me, it never did. And Mm -hmm. so uh, I was very interested in wildlife conservation. And so I did a lot of field work. I worked on ranches out west. And my realization was, as important as all that research is, you have to have political buy-in to have these causes succeed. And then I found out that I really enjoyed politics generally, which led me to uh, international human rights. And then it all culminated in uh, law. And so it wasn't until my senior fall of undergrad, I was taking a class on congressional investigations, and it was taught by a partner at a law firm. And he approached me at the end of the semester, and he said, have you considered law school? I think you would be a good lawyer. You seem to like this um, back and forth and trying to figure out the nuances. And then by that time, I had already signed on to uh, do the master's right. uh, in diplomacy. So yeah, it was it was a quick turnaround in terms of realizing that law school was something I was yeah. interested in and the application process. But I love that because you did what I encourage people to do, which is follow what you're interested in and it will lead you to where you need to go. So I think that's great. So during the application process, like what elements in particular of your application do you think that you were, you know, unsure about or caused you the most anxiety? Um, I feel like standardized testing for a lot of people is probably up there. The essay is like, what was it that was the most like challenging for you? Yeah, the LSAT was definitely uh, the most challenging element. I mean, obviously the test taking component, but then once I had I took it twice, uh, and the second score was only marginally better than the first. <laughs> and just there's just a lot of contradictory information, and you look at the percentile cutoffs for schools, and then it's easy to get discouraged. Yes. So it's it's getting too lost in the data. I think was something yes. that I had problems with, um, and in my case, actually. I had to fly back across the Atlantic to take it. So oh I left God. on a Friday and took it on a Saturday morning. Um, oh, my God. Because of, <laughs> even though it was remote, 
I had to be within the continental U.S. uh, because otherwise there was going to be an IP issue and it wouldn't have been registered as legitimate. So that added another layer to it as well. Yeah. Well, and in this day and age of the LSAT, when I took the LSAT, which was 20 years ago, it was offered four times a year. You had to wake up super early on a Saturday. You had to go there. You had to fill it out like paper and pencil. And schools averaged your scores. So you don't go into it thinking you're going to take it again. I think that was almost like simpler. I knew I was going to take it once and that was going to be the score I was going to use. Now it's like, should I register for another test? Should I take it again? You know, people feel that they can take it infinite times because it's offered now, I think, eight times a year and you can take it from home and you can, and you know, it's shorter and it's just like score preview and canceling. And like, it's just, there is so much second guessing, I think. You give people more options and it just creates more anxiety. Completely. Um, and I think that that generally with the whole process was the the uncertainty for me and I think for a lot of people is just contradictory information and too many options. Yes. And so the more is not better in a lot of cases. Correct. And like even though schools take the highest score now, we do, that doesn't mean that taking it five, six, seven, eight times to get that score is the best idea either. Um, But I understand why people want to, right? Um, I just, yeah, so that has changed. But speaking of too much information and anxiety and conflicting information, during your cycle, were you, you know, on any message boards? Were you using any resources? You know, I know you said that you um, started listening to this podcast. Were there other, you know, podcasts or just, I don't know, blogs or anything that you were taking advantage of? And how was that for you? Yeah, I think two things. One, admissible is a guiding light. Even if you're not applying <laughs> to UVA, I highly recommend it because it was very clarifying, um, particularly those early episodes that were hyper-focused on the application process. Thank you. Um, that was extremely helpful. And then the other thing would be stay away from Reddit um, because that is not helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. And thankfully, someone told me that early on. um, So I only went on it out of morbid curiosity. But yeah, uh, yeah, that would be I think that would not be advantageous for your mental health going into this. And yes, you don't want to because you don't want to compare your what's going on with your process to anyone else's because it's inherently unique. and it's sort of endless. Like you could just spend, inf- you're never going to get the answer that you want. And just two things, I've said this on the podcast before, but it is worth repeating. First of all, everyone on that law school admissions message board is your competitor. Okay. They don't necessarily have an incentive to give you accurate advice. That's the first thing. The second thing is, People don't know why they were admitted necessarily or why they were denied or why they were waitlisted. They can say, I was admitted and this is what I did in my app, so therefore you should do that. Well, how do you know that's why you were admitted? No application is perfect. We often admit people in spite of something in their app. You don't know. We don't tell you in your offer letter, these are the things you did well and these are the things, you know? Um, So... Back to your application cycle, ultimately you opted to apply binding, 
UVA. So for those who don't know, if you apply through our BED option, which is binding early decision, you get a decision quicker, like 21 business days, and then like you know where you're going. So how, tell us how you decided to apply binding. Yeah, so I felt pretty comfortable with that decision. Um, my closest friend from high school went to UVA as an undergrad. My okay. brother's currently here as a fourth year uh, undergrad. So I had visited UVA several times, and I knew at the onset of the law school application process that Charlottesville was somewhere that I would be very happy living, and yeah. UVA just has a reputation for just being a nice place to do law school. Yeah, and applying BED, I mean, you still, leading up to sending your application in, you can have a long process, but after you submit and your application goes complete. The nice thing about applying binding is if you're admitted, then your cycle, like you mentioned, is over pretty quickly Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, the, from the decision to apply to when I was admitted was uh, just under six months, wow. um, which is a quick turnaround yeah. time. Um, so I understand the the um, decision to apply binding, you had already been to Charlottesville, you have a brother who's here, like all of that makes perfect sense why you were comfortable um, committing. So when you got here as a 1L, like what was your first impression? How was that? Yeah, so I hadn't, despite having been to Charlottesville a couple times, I had never actually been to the law school before <laughs> the first day of orientation because I was over in England for the revisit day yeah. uh, in the spring. I liked how structured the orientation was because it, it forces you, mm -hmm. if you're someone like me who can tend to be somewhat introverted in a new environment, it forced you to interact with a lot of people yeah. really quickly, um, which I know I need. And I found that I got into the social rhythm actually quicker than the academic adjustment, yeah. um, which is not something that I was expecting going in. Yeah. That's how I felt when I came here. I had no idea it was going to be the kind of social, supportive environment that it was. Again, going back to there was just a lot less information out there 20 years ago. But, yeah, you, I do think that helps with the academic ramp up, though, because if you feel comfortable and you feel like you have a support network and you've kind of made friends and you're finding your way around Charlottesville, I think it puts you in a better headspace to yeah, dive in. Completely. And I think it there's just a level of comfortability that helps in the classroom. I was one of the first to actually I was the first in our contracts class to get cold called. Uh, and I am not ashamed to admit that I blew it. Uh, oh, no. And everyone was very encouraging. Wow. Uh, I had fully read the case. I just, they were very difficult questions. What uh, was the case? Do you remember? Uh, it was. Leonard for Eastees. Okay. Yeah. So okay. very early on in contracts, yeah. um, and I I just flubbed it. But uh, everyone in my section just came up and said it's all good, oh. and it just it. But it made it so much easier. I think that's so genuine and authentic, and I think people also recognize like that's going to happen to everyone. You know. Right. Yeah. It's not like you, Tommy, are going to be the only one to ne not nail a cold call. Right. That's going to happen to all of us. Um, so I want to talk now about you know you've you've only done one semester of of 1L um you're now starting in 
you've been back here, what, three weeks, three or four weeks in the spring semester. Do you feel like the academics, like you kind of now have the hang of it and it's kind of quote unquote easier second semester or how are you feeling? I think on the academic front, I feel more confident going into it um, that I know what I'm doing. But I will say I feel like I have less time to do it than I did in the fall. the recruitment process starts yes. up. I'm doing the journal tryouts this coming weekend. Yes. There's just there's a lot more to keep in the air at the same time. Um, but I'm enjoying the classes yes. uh, a lot, and I think having those skill sets in terms of being able to read faster and take notes more effectively and find what's important in the case yeah. is something that I, I have continue to improve on, but definitely uh, accrued a good amount during the first term. It's a skill like anything else. Like first, the reading can seem so dense and it takes hours and hours and hours. But the more you do it, yeah, you build up that ability and stamina, really, which it can take. So I definitely want to talk more about the job search and electives and and extracurriculars um, a little bit later. But since we talked about the social support, Tell me a little bit about like your own social style. Like I know that when we were talking about the subject for the show, it's like UVA can seem like a very extroverted, stereotypical, like outgoing type of, you know, a place for that type of personality. So tell me a little bit about when you were coming in, what your expectations were. Yeah, I think part of the reason I didn't ultimately apply to UVA as an undergraduate was because on the tour, a lot of emphasis was put on Greek life and oh. going out. And at the time, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I had that in me um, yeah. to be on that much. And that was that was a concern in law school. Um, obviously, not enough to not apply binding, <laughs> yeah. but um, I I. My thought process was it would be UVA in the sense of the social element, uh, and that would permeate the law school, but it would be tempered by the fact that yes. people are in law, law school. school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I thought it would be manageable, um, and, and frankly, I just thought it would be good for my personal development, because yeah. I think law is such a hyper-social profession um, yeah. that it's the skills that you're accumulating in terms of speaking and um, just social interaction are incredibly useful in their own right. Yes, people think of UVA as with the really strong community and the culture and softball and, you know, um, it it is known for that and I'm very proud of that because I think it's a great place to go to law school. You can get the best job out there but also enjoy your three years and that's like you know, you can get the best education possible and enjoy your three years. You can have the best faculty, like all those things. I think really proud of that. But that doesn't mean that everyone we admit is like this super extrovert or super social or it's certainly not. And we want those people just as much as we want the the social types. Um, so you mentioned journal tryouts. This is like a quintessential 1L thing. That's on your plate this coming weekend, it sounds like. Yep. Um, how are you feeling about that? I frankly have not had enough time to be nervous about it. <laughs> great, that's great. <laughs> so that works. Um, but no, I'm. I part of my 
interest in law school was I really enjoy reading and writing mm-hmm. and editing. So uh, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited just to see how it all pans out. The journal tryout itself, I think, is just a great exercise and, and great skill building. Anything you can do to challenge yourself and build your skills as a you know, budding attorney is great. Um, I'm curious, like, how do you manage even just deciding what to do? Because there are so many different things, and of course, you can't do everything. So how do you navigate that? Yeah, I think the same way that I, I try to approach everything, which is organically, if it's something that I'm yeah. genuinely interested in, then it's not going to feel like a burden. Yeah, uh, It won't feel like work. Um, and I think just accepting that you can't do everything is is mm-hmm. useful off the bat. Um, I may have slightly over enlisted myself in the fall, um, but then you have the opportunity in your 2L year to pursue leadership positions in certain organizations uh, that I care particularly about yeah. so there's that opportunity so can you share what 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 are you involved in yeah so i am part of the national security law forum okay. uh, the jb moore uh, international law society uh common law grounds um which seeks to foster bipartisan conversations Love about it. tough topics on campus um which is How very has interesting that been going? <laughs> uh very well, actually. Um, we had uh, lunch on Monday where we were talking about the role of U.S. foreign policy, and okay. that can be fraught, particularly in the contemporary era. And we had a great turnout, and everyone was very civil and just very interested in hearing what other people have to say. Uh, and then I'm also part of the Virginia Law One for the World. Um, okay. So you commit to pledge one percent of your future earnings towards oh effective giving. Yeah, wow, so it's that's been great. yeah, it's been a great I don't think I even knew about that organization. It's it's a great group. Um, I think it's relatively new to the law school. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to getting more yeah. involved with them as I go forward. That's great. Um, speaking of future earnings, how <laughs> you mentioned, you know, you're in the recruitment process. Um, you know, you're a one L so you have to think about this summer, but you're also kind of thinking ahead and so Talk to us a little bit about sort of how that career search process has been going for you. Yeah, so thankfully I was able to figure out the 1L job relatively quickly. Okay. Um, it was in January. I'm going to be working at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Miami. Wow, which will be fun. wow, Miami, yeah, cool. Yeah, the International Narcotics and Money Laundering Unit, no. which should be yeah, which should be really interesting. Awesome. Um, but yeah, with the 2L. Um, process. It's amazing to me how early it starts. Um, But again, it's just you're in it with a majority of the class. um, And so it's, what did you think of this firm? Or I can't make it to the reception tonight. Can you tell me what the impression was? And so there is a divide and conquer element, which Mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident you would not get at a lot of law schools, um, which is nice. Oh, man. I had a firm dinner last night, so okay, which was lovely. Um, and so that is for just so we're clear, next summer. Yeah. So you're a f- February of your one L year, and you're having a firm dinner for your for like summer 2025, following your two L year. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's it's a lot. It is um, early. 
and but also I have to say um, I've now sort of batted around. Uh, mm-hmm. I met with people in the office of clerkships, private practice, mm-hmm. and public service, um, and they're phenomenal. Particularly for someone who doesn't have any attorneys in his family, mm-hmm. that has really eased the process. Yeah, and when you came into law school, like, did you have a general sense of? what type of law or you wanted to do or were you kind of open? Because I think that in and of itself can cause uncertainty. Like, oh God, do I take the public service job this summer or do I try to work at a firm? Well, what will set me up the best for next summer? Like, how did you um, kind of decide on this 1L summer job? And do you feel like a lot of people have that kind of like decision paralysis? I think it's definitely... uh a pervasive issue. Um, I just, the people who had, um, that I did reach out to prior to law school sort of recommended a general path and they okay. said, do something that interests you the first mm-hmm. summer, uh, whether that's in public service or whether you do want to go directly into try to do private practice and then join the majority of your grade in doing private practice uh, after your second year, and then you've sort of covered your bases, and you can see what was really interesting Mm -hmm. to you, what Mm -hmm. you uh, found the most meaningful. So I think I stuck to, I just internalized that and stuck with that as an overall strategy. But in terms of particular practice areas, I mean, when I arrived at law school, I could not have told you the difference between litigation or regulatory or corporate. So... And I'm, I'm, admittedly, I'm still parsing that out as I go through this process, which is difficult. And it is probably the most uncertainty that I've felt when you're sitting down with a recruiter and they say, well, what element of law do you want to do? And you're not you're not you're sure. Like, I just started one L year. What do you mean? Yeah. I have a lot to say about this. So first of all, keeping an open mind, I think, is very important, right? Like some people come in saying, I know that what I'm going to do. I know that I want to do this. And I say, OK, well, you haven't, you know, taken a criminal law class yet. You don't actually know that you want to be a prosecutor or a public defender or whatever. So keeping having a firm desire to like, you know, having that passion is great. But also keeping an open mind is is important. So that's the first thing. The second thing is a law degree especially from UVA law is so fungible and so just valuable so you can go in you could go in this summer and and as cool as your job sounds you can be like wow this is not for me no one you don't have to stay in that job right and so so same thing with next summer oh gosh private practice not what I thought okay I'm gonna pivot having the career resources here having the value of the law degree like you will be just fine and I think more and more and more legal careers just aren't linear. The people in your class who actually stick around and are partners at the law firm where they started, this is going to be like 1%. Okay. So people get so anxious about, should I go to this firm or this firm? Well, ultimately, you're not committing to the next 30 years of your life. Really, you're not. You're going to go to a great firm or you're going to go to a great clerkship or a great public interest job, and you're going to build your skill set and you're going to be trained as an attorney. And then if you like that job and you want to stay in it for 20 years, amazing. But, But most of the time, that's not what happens. That's going to launch you into a different 
sector and that's going to launch you into something else. You know, I never thought I would be doing admissions. I just thought I'm going to this great law firm in New York and like see how it goes. So I think it ties back to what you said about really following what you're interested in and and having the faith that with your law degree, I know it, the economy can be scary and all of that. And like, that's what our career counselors are there for, to help you navigate, like even when unexpected things happen. Yeah. Um, and before we go, I have to ask, because this has been a trip I've wanted to go on since I was about five years old, which is want to go to Africa, specifically Kenya. So tell us, you talked about being into wildlife and wildlife conservation, but how did you get this job? What was that like? Yeah. So weirdly, my family has known uh, this uh, family of guides in Kenya since the 60s. So my great grandfather went on an expedition in the uh, in the late 60s with the current owner of the camp's grandfather. My parents went on their honeymoon uh, with the current owner of the camp who became my boss. Um, and we were fortunate enough to go on safari as a family in 2011. Um, and I did. I came armed with all my wildlife knowledge. So yeah. I was standing in the back of the safari vehicle and pointing out the animals and just being a precocious tween and yeah. saying, I, well, here's all everything I know about that animal. Wow. And he, the owner of the camp who was guiding us said, if you want to come back, when you're a little bit older, we would love to have you work as a guide. Wow. Um, so after my freshman year of high school, I flew over to Kenya alone and uh, spent three and a half weeks uh, working as a guide. It was a phenomenal experience. And it's hard yeah. to uh, imagine that I can ever top that as a work experience. But um, I know. I don't know. And as a lawyer, <laughs> probably not. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. But if there were ever a time where you need to embrace uncertainty, it would be when you're like among lions and hippopotamuses and yep. you don't know what's going to happen, right? Or do you? you? No, uh, no, you don't. And um, the, while I was there, I was helping film a documentary about um, a conservation project with the Maasai tribe. But I was shooting an interview in the hills behind the camp and... I heard some rustling behind me in a bush, and I just sort of reached down and I grabbed a rock. Uh, not that that was going to do anything, but oh just as a false sense of comfort. Um, and then we continued filming, and then about 30 seconds later, a lion ran out um, about 15 feet down the path from us, just straight across. Um, but these these guides who have been there forever, um, you take a little solace in them because he was like, okay, can we keep filming now? Yeah. I'm like, well, aren't there lines? He's like, they're fine. Um, wow. So that was that was peak uncertainty. So then yeah. not knowing which law firm is slightly less adrenaline-inducing. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, Tommy, this was so great. I could talk to you for hours about safaris and maybe we'll do that another time um is there anything else you want to make sure listeners know about law school the application process anything at all before we go uh i think just if you're we've been talking about uncertainty and i think Mm -hmm. the one thing you maybe don't want to be uncertain about is whether you want to do law school yes um because it's a big commitment financially Mm -hmm. in terms of time so uncertainty is great, but don't 
take uncalculated risks. Yes. Um, and particularly when it involves a considerable investment mm-hmm. and a lot of time. Um, because then when you encounter this uncertainty in the law school, it'll really make you second guess what you're doing. Uh, and you don't want to be in that position. So avoiding that at all costs. Yes. There is a fine line between not really knowing what type of law you want to do and not really knowing what to expect in law school and not really sure if you're going to enjoy it. Or There's a fine line between that and not knowing if you want to go to law school. And for people in that latter camp who aren't sure, absolutely take the time to figure that out. There is no rush. Law school, knock on wood, will always be here for you. Um, you cannot start this process. You can't jump into 1L year if you don't have a firm grip on why you're in law school. Yeah. No, I think if you know that you want to do law school, I am very much enjoying it. And I think uh, if you go in with that mindset, you're going to get a lot of great new friends and information. And it's just going to open up a lot of doors and be be willing to explore new things and and being open to things. Um, And yeah, just embracing what you don't know. Exactly. Well, Tommy, thank you so much for coming on the show, for supporting PILA, for supporting public interest grants for our students. That's incredible. Um, This was really fun. Yeah. I'm very happy I finally got a chance to come (laughs) on and be on the other side of it. It was great. This has been Admissible with me, Dean Natalie Blazer, at the University of Virginia School of Law. My guest today was first-year law student Tommy Whiteley. For more information about UVA Law, please visit law.virginia.edu. The next episode of Admissible will be out soon. In the meantime, you can follow the show on Instagram at at admissiblepodcast. Thanks so much for listening, and please remember to rate the show wherever you listen to podcasts.